My name is Ilan Haimov, and I'm a partner and the department head of the Profit Participation Group at GHJ. Welcome to our podcast on UK Contingent Compensation Credit, which will include a discussion with Lloyd Gutton, a director at FLB Accountants, an accounting firm based in London, who specializes with supporting clients throughout the process of obtaining production tax credits in the UK. Lloyd, welcome. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. For our podcast, I thought we'll start with uh, some background information. What makes the UK production tax credit program attractive if you were to compare it with other territories? And I know you're familiar with other territories with your area of specialty. Sure. So um, I think the main thing is that the UK incentive as it's structured works with pretty much any other incentive that I've ever come across. Um, I've not found one that it doesn't work with, which is great because it means that if you've got a specific location in the world, whether it's Thailand, America, um, Malta, Italy, or wherever it may be, you're going to be able to access that incentive and the UK incentive as well. The structural requirements don't um, don't prohibit you from doing that, which is brilliant because I know there are ones that don't work so well together. And I think that's a real attraction of the UK credit. Um, the other thing, the other two things to my mind that make it really attractive, one is the reliability of it. It's backed by central government. It's administered by our central tax authority. So there's no cap on the amount of incentive available in the year. There's no cap for a production. Uh, so you can rely that if you are eligible for it and you meet the requirements up front, that you're going to get what you think you're going to get subject to if you spend the money in the same way, that's the amount of tax credit you should be able to get, which is a real huge benefit versus other ones where there's a cap in the year or you need to apply for it at the start of the year and get pre-clearance for it and things like that. There is no pre-clearance in the UK. If you're eligible, you will be paid for it. Um, I think the other thing that, again, makes it really quite attractive is that it's relatively straightforward as well. The system is well in place. It's been in place now since 2007 for films, 2013 for high-end TV, and it works. We know how it works, and the calculation itself isn't overly complicated. There's no limit on above-the-line personnel or below-the-line personnel or ratios you've got to consider or anything like that. If your spend qualifies as UK spend and it's used and consumed in the UK, you'll get 25% of that back as your credit, subject to an overall 80% cap. So whilst there are nuances and things like that, of course there are, the actual baseline of it is relatively simple, in my opinion, compared to other jurisdictions that I've seen. That's a great overview. You know that I appreciate it. And I'm sure there's there's so much more uh once you get into the details as <laughs> the process and, and how you get how you get set up uh in the UK. And I think this is obviously uh your area of specialty where people can come to you and, and really work through that process through your uh your firm. And uh, as the title of our podcast is described, I thought we're going to jump a little bit now into something that is extraordinarily unique with respect to the UK Production Tax Credit Program. And what I was hoping you could do, especially to educate many of our clients and many of our contacts throughout the industry, please provide us with an overview of the contingent compensation portion of the program and again, I know that we don't, uh, you know, with the podcast, it's hard to get into the details, but just sort of the the process itself, you know, what are some of the key sure. things you need to keep in mind so you set up correctly and how does it actually ultimately work down 
down the line, you know, beyond the production of your either you mentioned motion picture or film or television program. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I believe the UK is actually unique in this in that you can get tax credit on back end payments. So contingent comp, whether it's box office bonuses, residuals, guild payments, participations, things like that you can actually get tax credit on those, which is brilliant. It's a fantastic incentive to bring a production to the UK because it's not just the upfront cost. You can get it on the back-end cost as well, which is fantastic. Um, in terms of the operation of it, it's actually quite a simple answer. It operates in, a, in an identical way to the overall production tax credit. So everything you would have to do to get the, norm, the tax credit on your actual production cost, be it production, <clears throat> excuse me, production post-production vfx whatever it may be you do exactly the same for contingent compensation down the line so what we often see is uh production would do a claim at the end of shoot and a claim when the um, production is finished you could then do a claim a year later and get tax credit on any back-end payments that have been made during that year um the process is the same you produce a set of accounts tax return tax credit analysis all of which we flb accountants are here to help you with and you can get tax credit on the back end. Obviously, not all back end qualifies. It's never going to. But it's not too complicated to understand what is going to qualify. And effectively, the rule is that if the underlying cost for the individual qualified, then the back end for that individual is going to qualify in the same proportion. So let's take um, an actor. They did 40% of their shoot days were in the UK, 60% were overseas. Well, we would be able to claim tax credit on 40% of any back end that they got paid because that's the proportion of their fee that is eligible for tax credit. So that's the portion of their back end that's eligible for tax credit. And this goes, as I said, above the line, below the line. doesn't have to be a guild-related guild residual. It can be. Um, so for WGA, SAG, DGA, it can just be within a producer or EP contract that they get x million if the box office is whatever it may be that's fine that's a perfectly reasonable thing it's the cost it's the amount that you're having to pay them to do their services it's just that bit is contingently calculated so we can claim for it the other point you mentioned was about what you need to think about for being eligible for this and that's that is crucial obviously you want to make sure you're eligible and the vital point on this is you've got to get it right up front so you need to be ready at the start of your production to get this credit, not at the end. You can't circle back to it because the way you would ensure that you are eligible to get this is by making sure that the UK company is responsible for the payments to the individuals that are being paid this compensation, which is part of the overall structural requirement in the UK anyway. Um, and by making the UK company responsible for them, that gets that cost into the UK accounts, which then makes it eligible for tax credit etc etc you can't go and retrospectively amend your commissioning agreement or your production services agreement or whatever it may have been to include this language because you realized it was going to do really well and you thought oh need to add that in now um, unfortunately our authorities don't like that approach fairly understandably i think so you need to make sure that's in there up front normally it's only maybe three or four extra clauses in that agreement and um, it's something that we can advise on in terms of wording going in there. But good UK uh, 
legal firms that specialize in this say they all know about this and they'd all be encouraging um, people to do it. And in fact, a number of US lawyers now that we deal with and a lot of the business affairs teams and things like that are increasingly aware of this and having this as part of boilerplate agreements now so that even if it doesn't happen, it was there ready just in case. So that's that's kind of the, the crucial element of it. One thing I've said that is probably going to be um, concerning a lot of people listening to this is when I say the UK companies to be responsible for paying these costs. Um, that does not mean that the money has to be fully funneled down into the UK and the UK then pays out to um, the DGA to pay your director or the WGL pay out to your producer. That's That's not where we're getting at. The UK company needs to be responsible for that. It can then have another company administer that on its behalf and they can charge the UK company for it. And the UK company can then fire their invoice down. We then sell the rights back up to commission entity. So it flows through. So it doesn't actually have to be the UK company that physically makes that payment. But from a legal and contractual perspective, it has to be responsible for it. To be fair, that's also consistent with how you probably be paying the directors and producers and guild uh, any guild individuals anyway, because the UK company isn't going to be a SAG signatory. It's going to be your US company that's a SAG signatory that you've engaged. So really the process flow of the actual money is still going to be exactly the same, but it's a contractual setup to make sure that it flows into the UK um, entity contractually so that we can get it in the accounts and get it eligible. The The final point I would make kind of on this is that I've had a few people say to me in the past, oh, I'm a little bit worried about this. It sounds like it's a bit of a grey area and we don't want to do anything to upset HMRC or jeopardise our existing credit or ongoing credits in the future. That isn't the case. This isn't some creative interpretation of legislation or a sort of quote-unquote get-rich-quick kind of scheme. Um, this is fine. This is accepted by HMRC. I've been involved with productions that have been making claims on contingent compensation for multiple, multiple years after the production is finished. HMRC know that it's only contingent compensation, and that's okay because it was eligible at the start, structured properly, so that's fine down the line. What we generally see is you might get one or two claims. Normally, it's not financially viable after that point because you do have to pay us to help you do the work at the end of the day. But that's something that you can assess on an ongoing basis and then shut the company down in the same way that you would have uh, without the contingent compensation. Thank you. Thank you for that uh, overview. I, a couple of follow-up questions. Uh, and uh, you and I have, have had offline conversations about this. As companies are paying uh, contingent compensation and other forms of payments, and you mentioned the guilds and bonuses, continuously so it's not just the first year after production so this is occurring over time um is there uh an end point uh and and how and and, for, and the other question that the related question is how often do companies um file do they do this annually do they, some of them do it quarterly just from a timing perspective if you can clarify those two points no problem. I'm going to answer them in reverse order, actually, because I think it will make more sense. At least it does to my head. Um, so in terms of when you would file for it, generally, you're going to do it annually. As I mentioned at the start, what, what we often do is a claim at the end of shoot and a claim at the end of uh, production. So an interim claim and a final claim. The UK is quite flexible with company year end dates. We can shorten and extend quite well so that we can line that up to phase of production. 
after that's done and when you're on to a contingent compensation phase, what you tend to see is production companies will shift their year end to be in line with the overall group corporate year end, be that 30 June, 31 December, whatever it may be. And you would do it annually from there on. The reason being is that there is a compliance cost to it. The accounts may need to be audited. They've got to be prepared. The tax calculations got to be done. The tax returns got to be submitted. So you could, in theory, do it quarterly if you really wanted to. I think it would be economically unviable in most cases, unfortunately. Um, but we can do it as often or as little as you like. Annually is the default position. In terms of a sunset date and limit date, no, there isn't uh, an end date. The, the longest I've seen, I believe, was 11 or 12 years down the line. Claims are still being made, still being approved. The end point in practical terms is a cost benefit point of, okay, when we're paying out, I don't know, 100,000 a year in contingent compensation for this film now via guilds and all the other bits, of which 50% is now tax credit eligible. So say this is dollars, $50,000 might be around, I don't know, current exchange rates around £40,000. 25% credit on that is £10,000. Or, well, if our fees for it, and I'm picking numbers out of thin air here, please no one quote me on this when you if you reach out to me in the future. If our fees, for instance, were to be £8,000, is it worth paying £8,000 for that £10,000? Maybe it's not because it's going to be more than £2,000 of person time within your company to get that money. So it might not be worth it. However, if that calculation is we're paying out a million and there's 500,000, so we've got 400,000 pounds in the UK, 100,000 pounds tax credit, suddenly that 8,000 pound fee is a great fee to be getting the 100,000 pounds of benefit. So really it comes down to a financial decision and an administrative decision. The company's got to be kept open. There's associated costs with that. And is it cost benefit wise? Is it worth it all, all told to keep the company open and make these claims? If it is, do it, it's fine. If not, okay, sure, we can help you shut the company down. Thank you. Thank you, Lloyd, for, for walking us through this uh, process. Uh, we will be sure to include, uh, when we release the podcast, your contact information so people can reach out to you directly. Thank you again for your time. Really appreciate no problem. it. Absolute pleasure. Really enjoyed it. And yes, anyone is welcome to reach out to us. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure.